Hi, my name is Johnny. Hi, my name is Bridget. And, and we, we have, have never, never seen Dr. Dr. No. no. <laughs> I like the inflection on no. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. You heard our guests' names, Johnny and Bridget, and this is the show where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a film that they absolutely should have seen by now. Uh, that film, of course, as you heard up top, is the very first James Bond film. I hope it's not a spoiler to say it's a James Bond movie. Dr. No, from 1962. Johnny, Bridget, welcome. Thank Thanks. you. So we will obviously be discussing this storied franchise a little bit this week. Uh, though I think we are probably not necessarily the people to do that, given I think we've only collectively seen one, and it's me, and it's this one, and I remember zero about it. <laughs> I mean, I've seen, like, GoldenEye, everything else. Okay, afterwards. so you have seen more than than none. Yeah, correct. Okay. So there'll be some things that you do know or not, but as a person who's not super well-versed in the series... I don't know how much continuity there will even be to where you could pick up on something from this and be like, oh, I remember when they referenced that mission in one of the other things. I've seen enough of them where it really doesn't matter. I yeah. think there are a couple of times they do reference other movies, mm -hmm. but that's why I sort of asked you earlier. Like, I don't think it's a big deal if we did watch a later Sean Connery. I almost said GoldenEye, but James Bond movie. But they're very much like serial anthology. Yeah. That's why like the characters changes and no one sort of just says, hey, you look a little different. You know what I mean? Because there you get are. A haircut, Mr. Yeah. Bond? Because <laughs> <laughs> there are actors that like stayed, like I think even that I know that I think Q is the same person in the Pierce Brosnan ones and in the, these ones with uh, Daniel Craig. Mm. So like some characters stick around and there's not like any sort of like weird tongue-in-cheek, hey, you look a little different, so. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we'll just start there with you, Johnny. What do you know about this? And then kind of beyond just the somewhat overlapping, what is your familiarity with James Bond? What of the movies that you've seen do you like? What's kind of your your backstory here? Yeah, I know it's the first one. I know it's Sean Connery. I had to stop saying no because it's really just going <laughs> to mess this whole podcast up. Um Ian Fleming is the author of this and most of them, I think, then they start taking – I don't know at what point the novels end and sort of creative, you know, I don't know, new stories come about with screenwriters. But I know early 60s, I imagine it takes place in the early 60s. I, I, I think most of the bonds stay within whatever time they come out with, come out in, opposed to kind of going back and doing something different. If anything, I feel like they're probably a little bit out of time in the sense that, like, they don't tell you what year it is in the movie, I don't believe. Yeah. It's just, like, you're expected to believe. No, you, I mean, yeah, you recognize the out. technology, the cars, the clothing. You're like, okay, this is a place in time that I recognize or can like, yeah. at least place. But it's never like, James, it's it's June 21st, 1962, and we need to get to this famous 1962 event. No, and I don't need my handheld like that with yeah. a movie like this anyways. I know the Bond movies, so I, I think I mentioned earlier that I have seen Goldeneye through, I think, Spectre or the one right before it. So I've seen 
most of the new ones, the 90s all the way to now. Okay, so you just kind of hopped on board with GoldenEye. GoldenEye, yeah. Never fell off. Right, right, right. I feel like I have seen a number of scenes and parts throughout the series, Russia with Love, or some of them are Moonraker. Um, I feel like I'm going to end up recognizing a lot of scenes from spoofs that I've seen, particularly Awesome Powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, that makes sense why he did this and that. So I have seen all three of those. Um, not in quite some time, but I'm sure I'll pick up on some of those scenes maybe in this one. Don't know who the villain is, unless it is a doctor and it is Dr. No. Um, fairly confident yeah. this isn't one of those like yeah. hidden meaning type of titles. This isn't about his chiropractor, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm getting that much. <laughs> I think without spoiling too much, the movie might be about Dr. About, no. About Dr. No, got it. Um, I'm not sure if it's a complete play off of Dr. Evil, if it's like the same look or whatever or what they're spoofing off of, so I'm not really – I don't know what I'm going to get into with that. Okay. Um, but overall, I enjoyed all the Bond movies I have seen so far. A lot of it is style over substance. There is – tends to be a pretty unique or cool story kind of driving the plot along, but it's really just to get to set piece to set piece to cool, quiet scene between him and – uh, a love interest of some sort. There's always some sort of love interest or two. Yeah, multiple. Um, yeah. yeah, multiple. Um, I think they've eased up on the misogyny over the years. I think we're probably going to get a hand uh, chunk of that with this movie. Whether it's of its time or it's really played up, we'll take a look. But I just know from popular culture, it's just he's just a playboy. And most of the women in these movies are at his disposal mm-hmm. for the most part. But I like all the tech. I like all the cars. I like the clothing. I just like – it just oozes style like all the movies. Um, and I don't think I've really seen a Bond movie that like I didn't like. like. Some of them are just okay, but – and some of them are really good. Do you have a particular favorite of the Brosnan Craig? Yeah, so movies? I like GoldenEye out of the Brosnan ones the best. And I think I like Skyfall the best. Or, or Casino Royale. Casino Royale was really a good kickoff for Daniel Craig. Um, but I like Skyfall too because that was a little more artsy. I think it took its more time. I think even like Roger Deakins or something like that did the lensed it, um, so it looked really really good. But yeah, and then like the other Pierce Brosnan ones are weird, and there were a couple of Daniel Craig ones that I wasn't like Quantum of Solace, which I think yeah, again I that was the low bar one I think for that. Right. I remember being like 80 minutes or something like that. I mean, it's like some people complain about what long movies are, but that was just like a really short, weird movie. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's as long uh, as that my intro was for that. That's kind of the breadth of what I know of Bond and going into this one tonight. I don't know, Bridget, what about you? What's your what's your history with this stuff? I have only seen, I think, one Bond film and it's um, I think it's Die Another Day, like one of the lesser Brosnan ones. Right, okay. That's the Halle Berry one? That's the Halle Berry okay. one. Um, I know basically everything you know, because this is a film series that you really absorb via osmosis if you consume any popular culture. Yes. Yeah. I think. The things that come to me are like gadgets, the theme songs. I'm Ooh, curious yeah, to see right. if we get theme songs. You know, there's been a lot of bangers from Skyfall by Adele to Shirley Bassey. Like growling Goldfinger, <laughs> like uh, like I, there's a lot of the ephemera that surrounds these movies that I really enjoy, but I actually have not consumed many of the movies themselves. Like I've not watched them. For this movie, I think 
One of the women is Ursula Andress. There's a really key scene that Halle Berry mimicked in the one movie I saw. That's basically it. Sean Connery. I know a couple of the other Bond guys. Who's the one who comes after him? Like Robert? Roger Moore. Roger, Roger Moore, yeah. Or Thank you. maybe George Lazenby for a two, and then it's Roger Moore. I don't remember the exact order. Well, I don't. Daltrey, or who's a... Oh, Timothy Dalton does, Dalton, like, yeah. one. Yeah. Daltrey. <laughs> yeah, Chris Daltrey. Yeah, Chris Daltrey. <laughs> from yeah. American yeah. Idol. <laughs> James Bond. Was on the short list for a while, I think, yeah. to replace yeah, well, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, he was big <laughs> as they were looking for the replacement, who was eventually Daniel Craig. But they're like, Bond needs to have hair, and you're bald, so yeah. you're, mm. you're You could be a waiter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a baller or something. You're a sidekick. <laughs> um, yeah, and obviously a lot of this stuff... I think I don't know if you you guys didn't mention this, but I assume you know the theme, like the oh yeah, and the shoe and the shoe. Okay, at the yeah. I mean, but that's one of those things that you just you don't even have to watch popular. You could just watch commercials, and you've probably seen that you know aped in some. Yeah, you're right. You could make like the whole thing. You could make your own Bond movie, having never seen. I think. A James Bond movie. Honestly, probably. I mean, all it takes is like, like you said, Austin Powers or that Simpsons episode with Hank Scorpio. Like that is yeah. a Bond movie essentially in 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, there's just a lot of things. And again, not having seen any besides this one myself, that things that I just know that I have no business knowing, but do just because this thing's been going on for 60 years almost at this point. Yeah. So it's it's an exciting franchise. I actually tried to sit down during Pandemic to watch all of these, which is how I watched this one. I was like, you know what? I've never seen a Bond movie. I remember like when I was a kid, my dad would go see them in the theaters, the Pierce Brosnan ones. But I think at the time was just like either too young or just not into it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch all of these. They were all on Hulu, even the non-canon ones because there are a couple – that I'm sure we'll talk about after that don't fall into the same category, even though none of them really have that interconnectivity. Uh, and so I watched this one. I don't really remember anything about it. It was just like a, you know, late Sunday night or whatever. And I threw it on and saw it just the once and really don't remember much, mostly because I think the things I know from outside of watching the movies is so much more ingrained in my head because I've seen those references more. I've seen the, clips more often than I saw just this one movie. And so I was like, all right, every week I'm going to watch a new Bond movie. And then maybe I'll finish by the time No Time to Die comes out whenever it does, because it kept getting pushed. Delayed, yeah. Yeah. Because that was like the first one that got delayed in the pandemic. It was supposed to come out like yeah, two it's been weeks on the after the shelf longer than started. any other movie for a studio. Yeah. yeah. So I like went down the second week to like sit down and watch the next one. And in that week, they all got removed from Hulu, and I don't think any of them have come back to history since. <laughs> so uh, I am excited to watch this one again and to pay a bit more attention to it, because uh, I do eventually want to try and watch all of these, especially because it's a franchise that's lasted as long as it has and gone through as many changes and iterations as it has. And everyone has their favorite, and everyone has you know their, their favorite Bond, uh, but just the timing of it just really... Kick me in the teeth <laughs> last year. Um, on the topic, though, of favorite Bonds, I mean, Bridget, you've obviously only seen the one. But, Johnny, of the two that you've seen, do you have a preference for the style of either Brosnan or Craig? And what is it about 
their portrayal that you like more or less. Just to kind of get a sense for what maybe to expect with Connery here and see if any of those mannerisms or characterizations have their start here and why you may or may not like his portrayal of the character. Yeah, I thought that the Brosnan one was a little more fun and playful and more in line with what I think of a Bond. I think they went for like a hard-edged, been-through-a-bunch-of-shit type of character with the Daniel Craig one, um, which is fine, but it just doesn't ring, I don't know, sexy and classy and sort of like the way that you think of Bond. I mean, Daniel Craig's hair is always kind of like fucked up a little bit and like his shirt's like unbuttoned and the tie. It's just not... He's not put together, like, well enough. I think he, in some sequences he is, but I think for the most part he doesn't have, like, the same swagger, I think, that you'd expect from Bond. And I he's think... He's almost more mercenary than classy super spy in that regard. Where, like, right. He's not, you know, going undercover. As, like, he does a little bit from what I know, but it's not the same tuxedos and martinis the way you think of these older ones yeah and rosin was like cracking jokes and smiling here or there i feel like it just it, it took so much to even get a rise out of daniel craig's iteration of bond again but once you sort of swallow that pill with casino royale i think you can really enjoy mm-hmm. they're just a different set of bond movies with a different set of directors and visions still very action oriented but they're really trying to like peel back the onion of bond which maybe for some people is not an onion they want to peel they just want to see the surface level and enjoy it on that much because then i think you start getting away from like the b it's not really a b movie i guess maybe it is i don't know how you'd really categorize we'll see yeah but i think these movies are very surface level and these later ones really try to like dig at the psych of who bond is yeah which is cool but i think for some people it's a turn off yeah i especially i would think the older generation that grew up on some of these other ones where it is more popcorn it is more uh, like, I just want to see cool gadgets, and I just want to see an Ashton Martin have a machine gun pop out of the Right. Room. The musical cues, all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, you want it to have that kind of fantastical element, and I think a lot of more genre-y films in the mid to late 2000s moved more into that realism. You know, you have Dark Knight series, mm-hmm. so sort of think the Bond movies reflect all the different versions, your Connery's, your Roger period. They reflect the time in which they're made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say, I, I hypothesize having seen none of them. <laughs> no, but I think you're right because the, all they have to draw from is the time period in which they're made. And so you're not going to go out there and in the seventies or eighties, make a sixties Bond movie necessarily, unless you're going for that nostalgia you're going for probably more of what would be in the theaters the following week or the week prior because you're trying to get the audience to go see you and you're not necessarily going to bank on the audience wanting to see a 60s style spy movie. No, right. And even down to the aesthetics, I mean, like, I think like Daniel Craig's apartment is like the cement block, you know what I mean? I want to see like shag carpets and like art deco Mm -hmm. shit and Mm -hmm. like a cigarette burning in the background. Like, that's what I want. You know what I mean? An oblong coffee table. Exactly. Yes. sunken living rooms. Like the- Oh, oh, a conversation pit? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) There's got to be one of those in here. (laughs) We might be a little too early for that. That's true. But those are fun aesthetics. Now, do you guys have any particular favorites in the spy genre outside of this? Are you familiar with any other? I don't think there's a lot of series of them, but there's obviously your Mission Impossible yeah. and you know other things where it's about 
covert spy organizations. I mean, to an extent now, like the Fast and Furious movies are right. covert spy organization type things too. Like, do you guys have any particular favorite spy movies? <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to think. I know they're. I know they're out there. I know a lot of movies owe a lot to the Bond franchise, mm-hmm. as far as definitely the spy area. And again, a lot of those end up being like a little hand. You get like the Gerald Butler movies and like the White House Downs or White House Up. I don't know what the hell it's <laughs> called. <laughs> Up in flames at the White House. Just backseat car <laughs> yeah. drivers. Something's <laughs> falling. <laughs> um, I'm having a hard time really pegging a movie. Can you name a few for us? Maybe. I mean, I'm yeah. trying to <laughs> wait. Do a quick Google. What are some spy movies? Yeah, spy movies in the last twenty years, thirty years. Austin Powers and the Spy Who Shagged Me, you know, like, uh, unfortunately shaped me quite a bit as a kid. Oh, same. I could, I could I go, quote that movie yeah. forwards and backwards. I did. Oh, that was uh, something I watched. In the Bourne Identities? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I did yeah. love The Bourne So movies. I enjoyed those. Those were good. I know they started making a whole bunch of them after Matt Damon that just... Yeah, they tried to great. bring in uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner, Renner, Renner and then made one movie and they were just said no and brought Matt Damon back. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, so you've got the Mission Impossible movies. You've got anything with Jack Ryan, any of those. Okay. You know, some of all fears types, the Jack Reacher movies. I mean, you've got movies, newer movies like the Kingsman franchise, Spy Kids. Yeah. I feel like. Spy Kids. Yeah. I feel like a number of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies in the 90s also were like spy related. Yeah. Is True Lies technically a spy Yeah. I would would put True Lies in there. Collateral. I mean, there's some other mm-hmm. again. Anything that has to do with like that, like technology that doesn't exist, or maybe it does. It does or doesn't. But all of that stuff and the guns and going to another country, the globe trotting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I suppose it's tough to like not want to grab as much as you can from the Bond franchise and make your own movie without it being like a complete ripoff of a yeah. Bond movie. Yeah, exactly. Like they basically stomped that genre to death and they own it. Yeah, because there's not much you can do where it's one of those, like, James Bond did it. Bond did it already. You're right. So, like, what are you really going to do? Right. And I think it was so hard to come up with other examples because most of those are one-offs. None of them really spawned a franchise other than, like, a sequel here or there. The exceptions being your Bournes, your Mission Impossibles, your Austin Powerses, and that's that's really it. I mean, Men in Black was on some of the spy lists, and that's technically yeah spy-adjacent yeah. with a sci-fi twist, but... Those are really the only ones that kept going past, like, the one-off, where it wasn't... Right. Uh, oh, Harriet actors. the Spy. Harriet the Spy, mm-hmm. right? Children's Spy. <laughs> I prefer the Spy Kids if I'm going my little kid spy route. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Now, uh, for either of you guys, have you guys seen old Sean, Sean Connery movies, like, pre-90s, getting to 80s, 70s, 60s? No, the movie I think we'll be doing next week is probably the earliest entry in my Sean Connery, other than this. Okay. The time I saw it, I remember nothing about it. Um, but no, I, I don't even think I've seen a lot of Sean Connery movies in general. Yeah, I'm trying to like, I can probably pick a handful. I've seen The Untouchables, which he's in. That oh, is yeah. fantastic. It is good. League of Gentlemen, I think I've seen, but completely forgettable. Extraordinary, extraordinary Gentlemen, act. excuse me. It's the movie that made him quit acting. Oh, okay. Then, they're, they're, yeah, then we're, <laughs> we're both up. on the same page. We have something in common. Yeah. I didn't quit acting, but... Um, <laughs> you were also in a League of Extraordinary Yes, I was, yeah. You never started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said, mm-hmm. I was going to, but then I saw the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and they said, maybe one day I'll have to be in a pile of shit <laughs> just like this. I, I quit. <laughs> That's great. The Rock, I've seen. 
Mm, not seen that. Oh, that's a good one, despite Michael Bay just being kind of a hack director, but... Finding Forrester? I feel like I've seen that. I mean, the big one, Hunt for Red October. The one where he's a dragon? The one he voices the dragon, Dragonheart? I've not seen Dragonheart. Oh, shit, I have seen Dragonheart. (laughs) Yep. That's a VHS worth finding. Oh, yeah. That's a movie to watch on VHS. I think he's in... Is he in Marnie? Is that the Hitchcock film that he's in? I can't remember. No idea. I'm not sure. So, yeah, I guess we're all kind of on the same page as far as, like, seeing a really early Sean Connery movie, which I'm excited about. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I, I I would love to walk away from this really wanting to seek out his other earlier work, too, if we're talking about expectations already. As far as, like, I think I've already mentioned earlier, I'm just looking for the cool gadgetry, the cars, the clothing, the set pieces. Like Bridget said, I want to see a really cool intro theme, you know, particularly, you know, now these days everything is done in a computer, CGI, even though it looks super cool. I want to see what they sort of did with this particular um, intro, whether it's animated or a quasi sort of, you know, live action thing. And then again, maybe noticing other actors, actors or actresses. And then, yeah, maybe possibly noticing some set pieces or things that I've seen from spoofs like Austin Powers or things that I actually maybe have seen that I just consciously just blogs and <laughs> from, <laughs> from remembering. Bridget, about you, any expectations outside of what I kind of said? Um, not. Much. I'm hoping it's fun and funny too, even if it's terrible early sixties, not Doesn't PC. Age well humor. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't age well, yeah you right. know, that was that was the one other thing that I know there's a line in I think one of the Brosnan movies where there's a character called Doctor Christmas and after they get out of bed he says something like, I thought Christmas only came once a year. Like I want that kind of shit. <laughs> I That's would like a good. line like, like that. That's a good, that's a good line. So maybe the films, it takes a while for them to evolve to that point, but sure. you know, goofy. Yeah, definitely shit want a like goofy that. element for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys think you'll be let down at all in terms of your expectations if the technology or the gadgets isn't as wacky or out there because it's 1962 and all they could come up with is shoe phone or watch that's a grappling gun? Versus like some of the other crazy inventions and concoctions they could have gotten up to and maybe some of the other ones. Or if like the lampooning of it has created so many more crazy gadgets that this one's almost more understated. Will there be any kind of trepidation? Or if this one doesn't have some of those things that you like about other Bond movies because this was the first one and they didn't start doing that other thing until three or four movies in. I mean, for me, I'm going into this with not like low expectations, but I'm not looking for like Shakespeare or anything like that. Like I, especially as far as we've seen tech wise, this is the first movie they're starting something new. There's going to be a lot of forgiving going on throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. I think later on, once we get to get like Goldfinger and some other ones where maybe they've, they've established it. Um, I might have, I might critique it a little more harshly, but here I'm just, I'm looking for a fun time tonight. I think I'm going to get it with this movie and I'm hoping this movie sets off. Yeah, another minor addiction of wanting to go down a rabbit hole and eat up the rest of them because people do love them. They are in these big box sets. You know, people enjoy all of them or most of them to a certain extent. So, again, I don't think there's a lot of stinkers in the franchise, which makes me excited because it makes me want to grow, go through it. Almost kind of like the consistency of, like, Marvel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like these days, it's you may have one or two that, like, people could just want to, like, passively just watch or skip. But for the most part, all of them are, like, 
get a good mark for, for most people. So I'm excited to possibly have a new uh, a new hobby for a, a temporary <laughs> hobby of watching these. That's what I was looking forward to last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, then, uh, what do you guys have to say for yourselves? Fine. Fine. I'll, I'll watch it. it. We have just finished watching 1962's start of a 60-year-long franchise that is James Bond in the movie Dr. No. Johnny, Bridget, you guys were on the hot seat this week because you have not seen this movie. So how are you both feeling? This was a lot of fun. Groovy. Yeah. Okay. Real groovy. Very groovy. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I was a little worried just because it's kind of a slow movie and there's not a lot that goes on in terms of, like, big action or anything that I think we were probably going in expecting. So there wasn't a lot of, like, oh, oh my god, what, uh, like, not a lot of sure. verbal or physical reaction. So I wasn't really sure how you guys were feeling, uh, but both both had a good time? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It was a good time. It For all the things I was saying before, I was going to forgive that, like, the tech maybe wasn't going to be quite be there, the set pieces, the budget. I mean, I hate to – I mean, you can compare it a lot of movies. You can do, like uh, – uh, like the first Mad Max or like A New Hope or like some of these other ones that just like they're obviously laying down like awesome roots yeah. and like they're paving a really good uh, way for the series going forward to increase budget and ideas and action set pieces. All of that is there. But yeah, is it missing like some of the more spectacular mm-hmm. set pieces and things like that? It is. But the the soul and the charm and the style is undeniably there for me at least. Bridget? Yeah, I just loved the flavor of this movie. I don't know how to... Mango. (laughs) Mango and tangerine, yeah. Um, Sean Connery is so good. He's great. And you you just love seeing him be James Bond as as a viewer. It was great. Yeah, I just hope we're not, like, spoiled too much. If we're going to, like, go down this road eventually, or at least, I mean, I will personally go and watch the other movies but the fact that we start with what maybe others if i've heard this that arguably the best bond is sean connery yeah makes me hesitant to go down this road like maybe i'm it's like a down it's a downhill at this point and we're starting like at a peak kind of with the best bond iteration well i mean a lot of people might say that because he is the first one that like oh you'll never be able to top this because he's yeah. the one i saw first he's the one i grew up on you know what have you anybody's mm-hmm decision about who the best is is always subjective to when they see it which one they see first 
and we've talked about this with the Indiana Jones movies of I think we all have a different favorite because it was whatever yeah. we saw first is the one that stuck with us the most. So this is kind of probably the same area for a lot of people. But at the very least, and we'll get to it at the end, there are four, five, six, seven of these Sean Connery movies. So even if you just wanted to go down the Sean Connery route of things, there's plenty, there's plenty to choose from. something to chew on, yeah. Yeah. So, nice. I was I surprisingly remembered more of this movie than I thought I did. So that was good. Not <laughs> Again, not really beats for it because it, it doesn't really have a lot of big set piece moments that you remember. Right. Um, but... I re- like I remember going to a government house and all these different things at the especially at the beginning probably before I you know got more into the evening but, <laughs> yeah. but I was glad to have remembered a lot more of the things uh, and we'll obviously touch on everything so you guys were looking forward to a couple of different things with regards to this one of which was the opening and what it was going to look like here we get a, a very animated sequence. How did you guys feel about the opening of the very first James Bond movie? I, th- I thought it was okay. I mean, it's not – it had the, the, the flavor or whatever, with you will, right away. It starkly jumped to like two other mm-hmm. numbers at that. So it didn't really stick with a theme throughout. Um, I'm not sure if they're trying to just hammer you over the head with that theme right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in the other movies it does kind of start there and then fades into the theme, which sort of – carries it like the credit sequence for a good two to three minutes here it like stops and like it's like hitting shuffle like on a cd like on a record player or cd player or whatever it's just a bunch of dots and like silhouette women just kind of just shaking doing, their mangoes doing, yeah doing the mashed potato doing the mashed potato with their beehives yeah yeah i liked it but i like that look and the text coming in the different colored dots an old game show. It did, yeah. Remind me of that. Yeah, like a pressure luck or like old yeah. Price is Right style of mm-hmm. you know that sixties TV aesthetic, complete with Technicolor. Yeah, yeah, loved it. What did you think of the the very first Bond walking into camera and pointing and the blood run? Obviously, it gets a little bit more, I'm sure, fancy in the newer ones. This was very much a janky. I need you to walk and just do a quarter turn for me there, Bond. <laughs> How did you feel about the what? It, what is the setup for every other movie to come? I thought it was fine. I thought it was now. Now that I think about it, he's wearing like a hat do, yeah. during that, and no hat is worn in the rest of the movie. He is wearing a hat yeah, when he, he arrives in Jamaica. Does he? Mm-hmm. I think that's because I had a hat. thought of like, okay. well, I guess I guess they sort of still wore hats at this time. Yeah. All right. So there's I'm there's wrong. a hat. <laughs> there's a hat. <laughs> there is a hat. I will say later on what they end up doing is doing like an opening scene mm-hmm. and then smartly somehow cutting or fading into that shot where he shoots at the screen. Yeah. And then you get like, you know, the the barrel and everything. This was fine. It's the first one. So, yeah. I mean, it's 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 exact. Nothing has really changed really with that. It's really still the same POV of the gun and the swivel and the blood running down the screen. Mm-hmm. And the the cue of the music, it's all good stuff. I wonder how people would have felt in 1962, being like, "Oh my god, he just shot! He shot at the screen, and now Dude, the screen." It's like bleeding. when the train crashed yeah. in. Yeah, really. Leave the theater. Yeah, leave. Get out. The bullet probably came right through the screen. Right, right people. through someone's RC cola or something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
Oh, that's too funny. So then we get... So not only do we get the dancing women, but then we get the three blind mice. Three blind mice. Yeah, so that was like a way to assassinate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Strangway, Mm -hmm. I think is his name. That was a good transition, though, out of it, because they have their silhouettes like the dancing women Mm -hmm. in the intro, and then that song's just bopping along, and then turns out it's three blind men walking down the streets of Kingston, Jamaica. Turns out, though, they're not. They're not. They're not. Were you confused that we didn't open with a James Bond, that we opened on another seemingly double O agent? Uh, no. I don't... I liked how they took their time introducing, keeping you on your toes when we're going to finally see mm-hmm. Sean Connery. You know, it wasn't a hell of a lot of time that lapsed, but I was fine with opening up with just someone else. That's fine with me. Yeah, I think this is probably more like what you're talking about, where this scene would probably come before the bullet shooting part in future movies. Like, they yeah. would set this up as, okay, this is the plot, because this is essentially how, what kicks off the whole story of this man getting murdered the secretary getting murdered and taking the file very clearly labeled Dr. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. So right away we got, okay, Dr. No is the villain of this. Clearly this is important. Sure, sure. (laughs) Yep. So we got that right out of the way very quickly. I was surprised by the violence in this movie. Not that it's especially violent, you know, but it felt like for a movie that came out in 1962, both the assassinations of Strangway and his secretary feel very visceral and what? startling. One, you're startled when he gets it because you're surprised by the fact that the, free, the three, three blind, blind mice, mice are gone, actually yeah. blind. And there's something about the way that a silenced pistol sounds in movies is mm-hmm. more frightening than, you know, just regular gunfire. Sure. And then she, too, is also ambushed and just gets it right in the chest and yeah she's got the, dies. Blood, the bloody chest and everything yeah mm-hmm. and they show the really... blood splatter like on the carpet later and they're like oh yeah that's her blood we just found that's it. her blood yeah, yeah. she's typo <laughs> <laughs> they said something weird like taupe eight a type o h r it was something weird right? oh like, the, the rh yeah. yeah yeah i think they've just shortened it in the, the modern day right everyone right. knows what you mean when you say it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i enjoyed opening up with like a sort of private casino parlor scene mm-hmm. which is very bond it's it runs through a lot of the movies but i really really enjoyed the opening shot of sean connery and the music cue mm-hmm. and lighting the cigarette it was just perfect it felt so good mm-hmm. and it was and it was great too because he wasn't the focal point of that table until he needed to be like he was just dealing out cards and we're looking on it the trench woman, or I forget exactly what her name was, but she's just playing yeah. Pai Gao or Pass the Shoe, or I don't know, whatever the game I don't that know, is. That was a weird game, yeah. I, like a paddle that was like grabbing the cards and everything. Dude. Yeah. The big I, oar. Yeah, my, my <laughs> note from this scene, too, is bring I fucking back to cinema. Because <laughs> it is so good. Just the, the palpable sexual tension. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. you want to be him. You want to be with him. You, just so good. So magnetic. Yeah. And even though he took all of her money, she was still like, okay, yeah, I want to fuck this dude. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing later? I golf and yeah. other I, go- I golf. Yeah. And other things. What about you? Do you enjoy the opening shot? Yeah. It did remind me a lot of, and I know we talked about it having a James Bond feel, but the opening 
scene of Indy in Temple of Doom where he's coming down the stairs. And again, you're only getting the back of him. Yeah. He's where he's dressed very nicely. He's in the club and he's not really the focal point until he needs to be. Sure. Yep. But I, I like a lot of the things in this movie where he's getting his iconic things that you know from James Bond, but it's so innocuous as to how he's doing it. Like his first introduction of Bond, James Bond, isn't that's the way he normally says it. it. At least it doesn't seem like it. That's just how the woman introduces herself. She says her yeah. last name, then her first name, then her last name. Yeah. And so he's doing it almost like a tete-a-tete kind of thing of like, oh, okay, well, you're going to introduce yourself that way? Me too. I'm Bond. James right. Bond. And like that becomes the iconic line. Or are you just saying it cult- like, like out of respect, like culturally, maybe that's how you would introduce yourself. Yeah. And so, but – it is funny that, like, that ends up being, like, the running thing throughout. Like, yeah. that's how he introduces himself. Yeah, and, like, you know, he gets the Walter PPK, which is a famous weapon in the yep. series. The martini shaken, not stirred is not said by him. It's said by Dr. No. And that then becomes, again, an iconic line of how he takes his martini. So it's, like, it's kind of weird watching this first one and realizing how many things do end up being staples of the series mm-hmm. that are completely just throwaway pieces of dialogue in this. Here, yeah. But they're you, taken with so much more weight later yeah, on, yeah. Because we know, because we are not in 1962, that this is a big deal. So it's funny to see him introduce himself the most iconic way possible, but not seemingly not doing it because that's just his style. He's doing it because she did it. Yeah. And so I thought that was great. But yeah, the whole back and forth with the gambling and he's got to leave and she's immediately like, all right, well, I'm going to leave too then because like, what are we doing? Like, let's, yeah. let's go. <laughs> yeah. With, which hotel are you in? I need to figure this out. <laughs> Such a hunk. So, a hunky. Just also so tan and very oily at, in the later <laughs> yeah. parts of this movie. Um, well, he's wearing like a sweatpants get up like on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> It's not jeans. He's wearing something else that's like... Probably like corduroy pants. Yeah. <laughs> not what you should wear to the beach, but I think he's pulling it off somehow. Right, somehow. <laughs> somehow. Um, yeah, he goes back to the office. We see him interact with Money Penny. Yep. Which I love, too. I love... This feels wrong to say. Anytime he's on screen with a woman, I love it. The banter like is top-notch. It's perfect. So good. There's so much sexual tension, even when there shouldn't be. I don't think that he's – I mean, he probably would if given the opportunity. But he's not flirting with Moneypenny because he's trying to necessarily bed her. It's just because – He could be. He can't help it. I wouldn't blame the guy. He's just so damn good looking and attractive and charming. And yet he's still like forceful and he doesn't need to do that. (laughs) Like Like he's he's already there. He's it's already in the bag and he's like grabbing him by the arm. (laughs) Get over here. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I'm just having a swoon moment. Carry on. I'll check back in. Do you need a fan? Let me turn the AC back on. Turn the AC back on. (laughs) Open the window. Um my favorite line, though, when he's talking to Money Penny is she's like, you never take me to dinner. You never take me anywhere. Why don't you ever, like, look at me that way? And he's like, I'm pretty sure if I did, my boss would write me up for illegal use of government property. Oh, yeah. That was a great line. Yeah. And Ooh. she's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I like the line, Flatter- flattery will get you nowhere, but continue. <laughs> um, And it does feel like, to the... It's you can tell these are two people that have worked together for a long time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It feels earned. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's being a creep. 
yeah. the way that talking to a secretary in 1962 this way could very much feel like a creep. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, giving as good as she's getting in this instance. It's like workplace flirting, but this is a lot more just like magnified but like, like, and too, bigger and acceptable. Yeah, yeah. and two good looking people. Yeah. yeah. That's his work wife, who, but also they would totally fuck if you Right, totally. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Then after this, we get the big info dump about what Strangway was up to and kind of where he was. Because we get, uh, was it Q, right? Q, yeah. Q, yeah. Yeah. So this is the first introduction of Q, who obviously is a through line through the series. Um, we take away Bond's Beretta. He gets the, the Walter Wait, P. is that Q or is that M? Uh, M. Sorry, Q is the gadget guy. Q is guy. the gadget guy. Who yeah. comes in to take away the uh, the Beretta and give him the, the Walter PPK. And we find out... Strangway was searching for stuff. He disappeared from the bridge game. We just get all of the backstory and get Bond nice and caught up. And, you know, that sets the stage for him going off and being like, all right, I got to go do some investigating. He got the gun. He said goodbye to the secretary. Secretary number one. He he says goodbye to Moneypenny. He sleeps with the golf woman. Gets on a plane to Kingston at the airport. There's a car waiting for him. He has a bad feeling, confirms government house has not sent a car to pick him up yep. gets in anyways confronts the driver they fight briefly in a and sped fight, up he just gets punched in the face repeatedly yep and keeps going back with like a rock or random things he finds and just gets his shit kicked in yeah <laughs> yep and as he starts to try to question him driver asks for a cigarette bond puts it in his mouth he bites down cyanide capsule pff, dead Done. Done deal. Yeah. Done. All of the the detectiving, you never quite feel like Bond doesn't know what's going on or is actually curious. It seems like he's just walking into rooms and being like... What do you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tell me. As I suspected. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... He try he tries violently, but like, yeah, at the end of the day, that's, he's, that's not his job really yeah. to do that. Like, he just finds it... He's he, he's good at sussing out traps. Like yeah. he knows when the bad secretary is going to try to trap him. He's good at catching people in lies. Yeah, he's a good lie detector, like a person, like but a, a reading people. Yeah, but it's not like he has any explanation for the dragon later on, other than being like, "There's no such thing." Yeah, that's wrong. That's just you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, like, I even think in this series, too, like, like he's never, like, on a computer going through shit. It's always, like, other people doing that for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not naturally curious. Not a tech-savvy guy. I mean, yeah. even though he's given tech to work with, it seems like he's always, like, somehow misuses it and still, like, ends up using it properly, but, like, by not by accident. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something Austin Powers does. Where, like, he's right, given yeah. the gadget and he's, like, trying to figure it out and it accidentally shoots the poison dart. And hits the right guy in the neck. Kind of right, thing. right. Mm-hmm. But speaking of getting to Jamaica, what did you guys think of the car chase as he realizes that he's now not with a driver sent for him and someone is following them? What did you think of this epic 1960s car chase? <laughs> it wasn't epic. It was fairly quick. Well, that fast turn was pretty. The yeah. fast turn was sick. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it looked cool. It was it was quick and dirty. It That turn was sick. And then... um. And then I had that quick little scuffle, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. knock that dude out. So, yeah. oh, I like when he pulls up to the hotel 
and tells the guard, oh. "I'll keep an eye on this guy for me." And it's just the corpse <laughs> in yeah, the back. Yeah, it's like a weekend at Bernie's or something. Yeah, um, the guy looking and then being like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, <laughs> doing the double take. <laughs> so we get more kind of info dump at the hotel. Mm-hmm. I think what else? He then goes to his room. He he does his like little setup to make sure that no one comes and tinkers with it, which I do like. He yeah. pours the powder on the briefcase. And then he puts the little bit of hair on the... I almost didn't even know what the hell he was doing until later on while I realized why he did that. Particularly mm-hmm. with the briefcase. I was like, what is he doing? Yeah, he's just making it so that way if anyone tampers with it, tries to go in it, the powder would be everywhere. He'd be able to see that, like... And I think you see you it when see he shows it later. the thumbprint yeah, that them someone has to tried. Open. Yeah, and then the hair is obviously there, so if anyone tries to hide in the closet. Yep. Which is weird because the hair is missing when he goes back, but he doesn't check the closet door. He's just like, eh. Someone's been here. It's yeah. fine. Well, I think it's more it's so to spider. see is someone looking in is has someone come in and, and like tried to go into my stuff. Yeah. More than like is someone in the closet. Gotcha. But yeah, I do love then he he goes to pour the vodka and he smells it. And he's like, no wait, I'll just use this secret drawer vodka that I had saved. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Which is immune from tampering apparently because it didn't look like it was a full bottle. Like it didn't sound like he cracked it open. He just, he had a second. Yeah, they didn't seal anything back in 1962. It's just like, here's a cork and a prayer. Yeah. You got it duty free, it's fine. (laughs) And then doesn't he go out to the harbor and meets Quarrel? Are we kind of near there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So this is when he goes, because he wants wants answers about Strangway, and he notices when he went to Strangway's apartment, which I think happened before the hotel, mm-hmm. he sees the the picture of them fishing, so he knows that, like, okay, this guy's connected somehow. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? And it takes us a little bit to find that out, too. When we first meet Quarrel and he's being cagey, were you guys anticipating him doing the double cross that we eventually see? Or did you think he was just the random fisherman who probably didn't know anything and something else was going to come up? I didn't think, yeah, he'd turn out to be an ally. Yeah, same. Didn't, didn't it was a double. It, it was like a double switcheroo because, yeah. obviously, he is not having any of Bond's questioning. He's like, "No, I'm not chartering your boat. Like, go find somebody else. I gotta go paint my shutters somewhere. Like, I gotta take the <laughs> paint can and <laughs> right, go yeah. to the bar." <laughs> <laughs> I like the bar owner too. The one who wrestles alligators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, Bond makes quick work of both of them behind the bar. He punches those guys right into the boxes. Right into the red stripe boxes, yeah. Yeah. The empty red stripe boxes. All stacked so neatly and perfectly. I know. As soon as one body started flying towards them, I'm like, no. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, they're empty. Okay. (laughs) I wanted to say hooray beer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and then we get uh, the introduction of another long-running character, which is Felix Leiter, who has been played by several different actors throughout the series. Uh, as his CIA friend, so basically his counterpart uh, in American intelligence, who was the person chasing him at the beginning when he first gets to Jamaica. And it's all explained away of, I saw you get in the car with the, the enemy, so I thought you were the enemy too. Yeah, Nice to meet you. Everything's all clear. Go get a bartender. Go get us some drinks and quarrel. Let's, let's go out here with him and let's chat. Mm-hmm. So it, it was nice that Quarrel ended up being the, the ally, though. Yeah, because I actually enjoyed his character quite a bit until he got roasted. <laughs> I know. It's almost like don't make, don't give me a friend if you're going to take him away. We get more information about a mysterious place called Crab Key, mm-hmm. owned by I think all they describe him as is like Asian businessman or something to that effect. Yeah, and he owns this island and 
You don't go there during daytime. Like he's got everything under lock and key, kind of. Like don't don't come back. Yeah. So Crab Key, and they're talking about rocks. Yes, because yes. they have yes. gone there to get soil samples. Yeah. And earlier in Strangway's apartment, Bond sees this note, like a receipt, essentially from a local geologist. Um, who he had hired to do analysis of the soil. Oh, yeah, Professor Dent? Yep. Professor Dent. Professor yes. Dent. Professor wow, Dent. we're doing well with the names. Yeah. And so this is where Bond goes to meet Dent, because yeah. he wants to know what's the deal with this receipt, what did you guys talk about, because he's trying to find out any information he can, sure. because as far as everyone else knows, Strangway's just disappeared. And yeah. they don't know anything about it. Earlier... Dent let slip that he had met the new secretary. So Bond's already kind of on to him a little bit. He doesn't let it yeah. on, but he goes to the office and he asks all about it. And it's just, he's very sweaty, Dent. Yeah. yeah. He's just- very surprised that he even showed up. Because he comes in the room just coming back to work. And he's like, oh, what's up? We just met yesterday and you're here at my office. Why? Yeah. Yep. And so Dent tells him, he asks about the samples, and Dent said, oh, they're nothing. They're just normal, like, pyrite. Yeah. There's nothing to it. Don't worry about it. They're not worth anything. I threw them out yeah. because they're so They're worthless. not from Crab Key. Yeah. No, and they're definitely not from there. Absolutely yeah. not. No. Don't ask me that. <laughs> it's geologically you, impossible. Yeah. Listen now, to me. don't mind me. I have to run away now. <laughs> Was it crab, crab cake? I love crab cakes. <laughs> anyway, lunch? <laughs> lunch? <laughs> I have to go now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he does. He leaves immediately to Crab Key, where we get the uh, slightest of introductions to Dr. No in just menacing voiceover. Ooh. That he... was like my first, like, I like, like, the setting. Yes. Yeah. This was the first, like, different set than generic island. Right. Know, island bar, random office, different office parlor. Sure. That was basically all we had in various different versions yeah. up until this point. And this felt like a Bond villain Yeah, layer, like the maybe. carpet yeah. and like the furniture is gone. Yeah. And we are in a cavern. With one with, chair. With one chair. Oh, one, one piece of furniture. Yeah. And it has like a great skylight type of situation mm-hmm. kind of coming down. Looked really cool to me. Yeah. To my eyes. Yeah. That's what we were looking for. Yes. Earlier. Very mod, very stark, different lighting. Exotic. Ex- yeah. Dr. Knows, spooky voice. Might he be handsome? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> Johnny, were you also thinking that? <laughs> I was also thinking that. He had Sounds a great like a voice. Guy. I don't yeah. know what to say. Well, he was very powerful with it, too, because when, when Dent walked in, he just went, sit. And Dan was like, oh, okay. So many men telling people to sit down and get over here. Um, <laughs> you got to be forceful in this spy game. You do. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then you track out, and there is actually a second piece of furniture, yes. a table yep. with a tarantula on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Dent gets gets scolded. You know, he gets his, his talking to from the boss, who, don't come to my island during the day. You need to schedule an appointment with me. Like, I have my rules and you broke all of them. Right. Uh, and then just points him over to the tarantula and just says, tonight. <laughs> and Dent just knows. He's like, oh, okay, got to kill Bond tonight with, yeah. this, with this spider. Yeah. Yeah. Pick it up. Yeah. Um, 
I just love the way he walks out with it too, where it's full arm, because that's how I would do it. Full arm extension, like not yeah. looking at the spider just being like, okay, farthest okay. distance possible while yeah. holding it. It was a rinky dink cage. Like it's not some industrial yeah. thing. And he knows he's got probably the world's most poisonous Jamaican tarantula or whatever it is. Right. That's just ready and willing to kill Bond at a moment's notice. I think it it pretty much cuts to Bond like checking the place quickly, or is he already sleeping? This is what he. This is when he comes back. This is when he checks the briefcase. This is when he checks. Okay, the, so we jumped ahead a little bit while we were talking yeah. about. Okay, yeah, we were just talking about like we we mentioned it when we were talking about the setup and why he did it. This sure. is him coming back and finding out, and then yeah, he immediately goes to sleep and wakes up to something. We don't know what. We don't see anything. It's just nighttime. He hears something. He's startled. He looks, and then we just get movement under the covers, under the sheets. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. which turns out. Tarantula. They right. let the tarantula loose. I don't know when. I don't know if the tarantula was just hanging out in the apartment while he was gone, or if there was a guy in the closet and he let it loose. I don't know what happened. Terrifying nonetheless. Yeah. And yes. tarantula is like every woman. Doesn't in, like tarantulas. It just is attracted to James Bond. You were Bond. shrieking a little bit. Wants to, to me, be in. Well, I was laughing because the tarantula is moving his little legs so slowly and tenderly. Oh, yeah, like, not to Just wake like, him. As if he has, like, oh, a little knife in his hand, like, ready to, like, cut his throat. Yeah. So excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> One leg at a time. Oh, it's yeah. like a long finger. Yeah, like, Ugh. ooh. No, thank ooh. You. So I was just laughing a little bit, and you just gratuitous, shirtless Sean Connery as mm. well. Just laying there absolutely still. He knows yeah. one slight movement equals a bite, and it's mm-hmm. not what he wants. I would have freaked the fuck out. It would never have made it to my shoulder or off the shoulder. But he waits till it gets off the shoulder, and then he just absolutely obliterates it with his shoe. Yeah. That's right. And the and the music is, like, to the beat, like, of yeah. him hitting it. Yeah, you get, like, the cymbal crash, like, and the thump. Dun, just, dun, yeah. dun, 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 Yeah. Great stuff. They yeah. got rocked. Who thought that was a good idea, though? I like how it's like, I've brought, I've brought you to the secret room. Pick it up tonight. And it's so, it's undone immediately. Because how would it not be? That is a thing. Like, supervillains do too many things. Like, Bond villains, supervillains, any of these, like, egomaniacal, yeah. over the top villain types that are just like, let's leave it to chance. Like, even <laughs> later when, uh, when Honey Rider's like, she's just, they're like, all right, let's just, let's string her up and then the tide will come in and get her. It's like, come on. You know what? <laughs> You need this yeah. to take 45 minutes? What if the spider just never crawled up on him? Yeah, it could have just, like... Like, we didn't... It's not like we saw someone, like, put it on him. Yeah. Which I feel like would have at least made more sense, because now he's in the room. He doesn't want to move because he gets bit or whatever. But even then, like, if you can get into the room, just kill him. Like, the, the spider... Right. So much to chance. It's yeah. Just so much more exotic than, like, a gunshot in the middle of the night. It's true. Of course. It is very... Very crab-key. Yeah, very crab-key. One in crab-key. So Bond survives. He then goes back to Coral's boat, and because he's now received a Geiger counter from England. Which is, like, really the only, like, cool piece of tech in the the movie, really. Well, that's why I was kind of asking you guys beforehand of, like, if this isn't quote-unquote Bond-like with, you know, secret dynamite watches and, you know, Aston Martins with 
with miniguns on them, is it going to be a letdown, which doesn't seem like it was, because no. you guys had a blast. No, I, I mean, I, yeah, do I wish I had something that, like, wasn't, like, because that everyone could have? Because even later on, these, like, people in the this crab key lair had the same Geiger counters or whatever. Yeah. That it's a piece of tech that is widely available. Yeah. Or at least to... Although you need the bond, special watch. Bond and Bond villains. You need the special watch to activate it. Because he, like, waves it over the wand and he says something about the dial's turn it on or calibrate it or do something. Oh, well, yeah. But that's the extent of his crazy spy technology. There's no secret blow dart pen. Yeah, there's no, like, cool belt or watch or what have you, so. It's guns. um, I know we we get a bunch of that later on, so I'm not too disappointed, but um, it is funny that that happened to be, like, the only, like, really cool tech that he was given Mm -hmm. and and sent in a box that said, do not crush. (laughs) Yeah. As if that was possible. It'd be like, possible, really. Right, guys, let's not put the Geiger counter in the box-crushing room of the plane. If you could, <laughs> yeah. that'd be great. What do they call it? It was in the diplomacy box. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, the diplomacy box. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. It made it safely. But then this, this is where you feel, find out that the rocks that they got from Crab Key were radioactive, which doesn't really mean a lot other than that's how Dr. No is powering his island is radioactivity. Sure. But it doesn't really have any actual impact on the plot. It's just like a fun, hey, I uh, I figured this part out. That's neat, right? <laughs> yeah. Similarly, you have Bond hitting on sec- what we'll call secretary number two. two? Three? Unnamed secretary number two. We'll Unna- count- Money Penny's her own character. True. She's named. She's awesome. We know her deal. Yeah. The first one, not named, killed instantly. This one is number two. This is technically unnamed secretary number two. Unnamed secretary number two. He stumbles upon her eavesdropping. um, She claims she was just looking for the files, which have gone missing. They've now found out that the files that were at Strangway's apartment are gone. They're gone. No backups, no nothing. Mm -hmm. He catches her, but doesn't fight her too much on it. Invites her to dinner. Says, come to my hotel room. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I should say, doesn't invite her to dinner. Just says, come to my hotel room at three in the afternoon. At three in the afternoon. And we have another good interaction. What should a woman say to a man she doesn't know? He says, you should say yes. And she says, I should say maybe. And that is, <laughs> I like that line. And that date brings us to the next car chase. Yes. So this is the one I was thinking of earlier that was That is very, like... Complete, yeah. It's not even green screen. It's like a projector or however they used yeah. to do it yeah. back then. The old, the, like, North by Northwest style, like, yeah. Hitchcock mm-hmm. style of just going Literally holding from, a wheel right. and, like, flipping it behind your head. <laughs> the wheel's just so loose. Yeah. I mean, he's moving around. He's bopping a little bit. Like, yeah. he gets some of it. Yeah. But the worst but, part for me was when the car behind starts nudging him. And he's like, what? But the car's not moving. The car's heat in isn't moving at all. It's not yeah, fishtailing. It's, you got to forgive that shit. Well, yeah. Uh, but it is, it's like, it's a goofy thing to watch. Right. Which, in an over-the-top spy series, just kind of fits. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not far off from what the Austin Powers movies were doing in terms of a satire. Sure. But because it was in 1962, like, it just, it just adds to the fun, like, <laughs> quirky aspect of yeah. the ridiculousness. And there's a big payoff at the end, which I think really makes the the hankiness of the car chase all right. Which is? Which is. They're going up these windy mountain roads. 
Bond sees there's a work truck ahead of him. He's in a little Jaguar. He's able to slide under like this crane, but the big hearse, hearse, yeah, yeah, behind him can't and drives off the cliff for what seems like five whole minutes and then explodes. Yeah. Well, it explodes halfway down. Yeah. <laughs> D- down an entire mountainside. It's great. Yeah. And it's not like it goes and it tumbles. It's not like it falls off a cliff and is just the collapsing. Like, no, all four bump- wheels are touching. Yeah. All four wheels are touching. It's just bouncing around on what looks like a bumpy road where had it not been for the explosion halfway down of not the engine, the entire cab explodes. Mm-hmm. Like right. The windows blow out. But had that not happened, I feel like all of those dudes would have survived. The three blind mice men yeah. were the ones in the car. Yeah. Uh, and that's when we get the great line of, I believe they were on their way to a funeral. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Because Shark Worker just looks at him like, oh, because they're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the car chase was, like, it's whatever. It, it almost looked like they refilmed the same they they like they filmed it differently like three different times on the same turn yeah. on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Like it was the only like good spot that they could film at, and they just kind of went like three different takes and did it three different ways and stitched it together. But so then he gets to unnamed secretary number two. She probably has a name, but honestly, I don't remember what it is. Uh, gets to her house and she is absolutely shocked. Yeah, she's not dressed. Her hair is wet. She's wearing a towel dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, at any point from when he said he accuses her of snooping, did you got? I guess the car chase kind of gives it away. But did you expect her to be a double agent at any point before? I think at that point yeah. I was like, yeah, like she's not going to be just a good person in this mess. She's going to be, I don't know, helping these people out, helping the other side. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they get to they get to her house and immediately get to Hanky Panky, like pretty much. Well, she's trying to keep him there, and he is trying to stay there as long as possible so he can see eventually who's going to try to kill him. Yeah. But they totally Yeah, but they do, they bone. Yeah, pretty much And he's doing, like, a lot of, like, but you can still, even the way that their sexual interaction is coded, there is an element of confrontation, because she shows up. She's not fully dressed. She's in... Because well, she's, she's not expecting dress. company. Yeah. yeah. And she's got this towel wrapped around her neck, and he does this thing with the towel and, like, throws it around her neck in a kind of, like, I'm going to choke. Yeah, I'm going to choke, choke you. <laughs> yeah, he's got it wrapped around his hands on either end, basically yeah. making one of those, like, almost, you know, the piano wire yeah. sure. strangling devices. Mm-hmm. So there's an, there's an air of menace um, around the scene in general. Yeah. Although she does, they do have the, the great sexual tension moment of like, what is that? What are you doing to my back? As you kind of like hear her towel dress like unzip, he's like, what? My hands are right here. And then grabs her by the back of the head and they just start making yeah. out. Furiously. Yeah. And then I love this, the next scene where she's like, let's go get like the Asian food. He's like, we're not getting Asian food. I feel like <laughs> Italian. I feel like Italian. We're getting Italian. We're going to Blue Moon Grill. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call the car. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'll make you a nice Chinese dinner. He's like, no, you'll have dish pan hands. Yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like the forceful nature is carrying on into what meals are going to be deciding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they have sex again, I think, before even dinner. Yeah. Uh, just one more time. Do we see that? Because I feel like the next scene, like, do they just immediately cut to them, like, leaving all dressed. 
I think right before they fuck again. Yeah, they I mean, do, because yeah. she's like, my nails! And then they oh, cut that's away. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, but my nail polish. A lot of red nail polish. Yeah. Sorry, this is me marinara all over a little bit. Yeah. Um, the, the blue moon girl marinara. Sunday sauce. Sunday sauce, yeah. So yeah, he calls for a cab. She says, I thought you came by car. He's like, yeah, I won't start car trouble. And then she almost gives herself away of being like, well, that makes sense why you would need a cab. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Turns out the cab, though, the police or the military or MI6 or whatever mm-hmm. weird organizational yeah. structure. Somebody's picking her up to take her away. Uh, and then what did you guys think of his little set the scene, make it look like they're still in bed doing their doing their whoopee, as it were? Waiting for whoever it is is supposed to come finish finish the deal. Did you guys like that setup? And were you ultimately surprised who was the person that came in and, again, shot with a silencer and put four or five bullets into that pillow? Right. Don't know if I was ter- terribly surprised it was Dent, uh, no. but I enjoyed the casual nature of him setting up this scene. He seemed to have done it before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just... Went and sat at the the seat and smoked a cigarette and played solitaire until he showed up, which is sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a callback to our point break moment where you see the shadow of the gun yeah. coming in and, you know, imperiling our main character. He's lucky that Dent didn't come from another direction. Like, if Dent comes to the window outside, you can see Bond through the window sitting in that chair, like... He absolutely needed to come yeah. through the front door. Sure. Smoking a cigarette, lighting a second cigarette with his already lit cigarette. Yeah. Like, too many cigarettes. Too much, too much could, light. Too much light. <laughs> You're giving yourself away here, James. Yeah. I did like the uh, the little standoff where, you know, Dent's trying to pull the rug that has the gun on it. And then just immediately just gets three in, like, the chest and back. Yeah, because yeah, Bond, oh. no, Bond counted how many bullets he put into the pillow was five or six, however much the magazine or the Beretta six. holds or whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he said it was a Smith & Wesson. Or Smith & Wesson, yeah. Yeah, you shot your six. Yeah. Which is smart. I mean, he's a good he's a good spy. He he's, knows, a, he's a great spy. He's good at counting. <laughs> Up to six, at least. We don't know. Beyond that, who knows? Beyond that, we, yeah, yeah. yeah. Up to six. When well, we he, the, can do, he can do seven. Well, yeah, he has to for his yeah, job. Yeah, he has to for his job, yeah. <laughs> this is then when we go and we're, we've are we taken Quarrel, uh, we've ditched the CIA agent, and we're going to uh, Crab Key. We're gonna Night go Ops at Crab Key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're, we're going to figure that out. That had one of my uh, one of my other favorite lines where he says, you know, Crab Key's going to be easy. It's going to be relaxation for me from being a clay pigeon. Because <laughs> everyone's just trying to shoot like this is just a good this is just yeah. a good little spy joke. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. So nice stuff. Uh so we get we get two crab key, they got a paddle in, no motors, no sails. I I didn't think radar would be able to pick up sails, but I thought yeah. that was fairly silly, but like a sunfish. Yeah, but I, I guess that I suppose how- it's a plot thing for to make sure that we don't use her boat later on for whatever reason, even though it gets shot to pieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So eh, either way. They get to Crab Key, and this is where we meet the Bond girl of this movie, which is Honey Rider. Yeah. What did you guys think of her seashell introduction and the the little standoff we get on the beach? It sounds like she's had a fairly cushy life. <laughs> Globetrotting, well, no. just reading the encyclopedia. And yeah, but her shells. dad's dead. So. Yeah, but her yeah. dad is dead. And yeah. then the man she thought she could trust, like, took advantage of her, and she had to kill him with a fucking spider. Right. Okay. 
I would love to be my job is I sell seashells. For 50 bucks a pop in Miami. And I just hang out Miami, on the yeah. beach. Yeah. This is where we also get our Halle Berry reference. or Coming out of the ocean. Yeah. What Halle Berry referenced, really. But um, same bathing suit, knife on the hip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it must be a sweet gig. She wore it well. Collecting seashells. Yeah. yeah she, oh, she, absolutely. Yep. But we also, this is where we get the big, there's a standoff. The boat comes over. They're hiding behind. They're just getting lit up. Did you think at any point somebody was going to get hit or give themselves away? I thought Quarrel might. Maybe Quarrel would take a hit. Yeah, I thought, or he would get scared and jump out Hmm. and, like, give away their position. But he hangs in there. Hangs in there. He he, uh, takes care of his shoes. Not his shoes, of course. Bond shoes. Yeah, of course. Bond says, get my shoes. Yeah, get my shoes, Quarrel. I'm going to hold this woman. You go get my shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Grab some mangoes on your way back. Um, but and then we, we, we hear a few things about dragons. Yeah, so this a is where times. we've heard we heard reference before. I don't remember exactly when it is. It's one point they're talking about, oh, yeah, there's dragons on the island. I think it might even be in that first, like, cabana CIA meeting mm-hmm. when we find out corals. Right. And all three of us laugh because we were talking about dragon heart, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we said, you know, Sean Connery voices the dragon. Like, yeah, all, yeah. It all connects. It, it does. It's yeah. synergy is what it is. Um, but this is where we get now Honey Rider confirming, yes, there is a dragon. I've seen it. It's got big glowing eyes. It breathes fire. What did you guys think about the dragon? Were you, were you trying to guess what the dragon could be? Were you anticipating some kind of big dragon looking thing at this point? I figured it would be the nuclear reactor. Okay. Or some part of whatever they were doing or building. And I don't think that's necessarily what it was. That wasn't my read on what we eventually get. Johnny, what about you? Well, I certainly didn't expect anything fantastical, because so, I've seen a bunch of the Bond movies. Yeah, well, they, And they live fa- fa- fairly within the constraints of real world. Yeah. Um, but yes, I my first thought was some sort of machinery type of thing. Uh, like a, like a, like a back, like a trailer or mm-hmm. something like that, like a tractor. Well, that's pretty much confirmed right around this time too, when they see tracks in the sand and go, "Look, it's dragon tracks." This is clearly so just tread. This is tread, yeah. <laughs> like, have you guys not seen trucks before? Like, I. She's kind of an airhead. Yeah. Well, I mean, she sells seashells by the seashore. Yeah. So. <laughs> Because did she? She had no education, just the encyclopedia, but she only got through T. Yes, maybe she didn't get to tire quite yet. She didn't get to tread. Yeah, she didn't get to tread or tire yet. (laughs) Could you imagine if that's the canonical explanation? Oh, that'd be good stuff. It's like, wait, why did they think it's dragon tracks? It's like, oh, because she only got to tracks in the encyclopedia. She didn't get to treads, (laughs) which is granted, it's right after, but you know, encyclopedia is a thick book. Yeah. Or she's waiting for her delivery of you. Right. So. And there's a lot of, she goes from being a simpleton to, this is someone who's very experienced. She's been on the island many times. She's the one who knows, go in the water. They won't be able to track us this way. The mm-hmm. dogs can't smell us here. This is, these are the ways that we need to go. Yeah. The tracks, the dragon the tracks, tracks are a, lo- shit, a yeah. low mark, a, a low water mark. Yeah. Um, and speaking of low water, we start treading through the short river. The short river, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sort of through this waterfall yeah. area. Using snorkeling bamboo sticks oh, for I a couple of moments. Oh, I love that. I've been to that I waterfall to do, area. Adam yeah. has been there. Yeah. I Did climbed, you snorkel? 
Uh, no, I did not. I did climb the waterfall, though. The Dunn's River. And, uh, it's so funny because the water is so clear and you can clearly see oh, them yeah. Makes through no the sense. water. Yeah. <laughs> just look down. Yeah. When you hear the bubbles, just look there. It is like they're in a swimming pool. It's yeah. just like there's someone in the pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is where we also find out that Dr. No most likely killed her father because he came looking for something on on Crab Key and was never seen again. This is where she also gives the backstory of killing the the man who betrayed her trust with the spider. When she lets that reveal go, did either of you think that she might be connected given that we just had an attempted spider murder on Bond, not 20 years like She's going to double cross? Yeah, because I mean – the same device that was almost used to kill Bond was something she used to kill another person. Was there any kind of – did that set anything off for either of you? A no. little bit. But then I think we get dragon tracks immediately afterwards <laughs> and I was like, she's not capable. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the intelligence <laughs> is not there. <laughs> she's, she doesn't have it in her. Yeah. But it, it would have been an interesting choice. It would be interesting. I would like to see that movie as well. Well, I feel like we'll get a, a few different Bond double crosses – yeah. Of, from Bond girls throughout Quite the series. A few, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right after this, we do get to meet the dragon. Now, I know you guys were anticipating some kind of machinery. What did you think about the ultimate reveal of the dragon that looks almost nothing like a dragon? What was its purpose? Just a flamethrowing dragon. Intimidation or something yeah. to that effect. Okay, I guess. Or maybe clearing brush, like clearing forests to build hideouts steam out the swamp yeah well and the swamp is radioactive so might be the only way to transport yourself around that area (laughs) i don't know why the flamethrowers i don't know why the teeth painted on like it looked more like a shark than a dragon it looks like something out of like a tim bird batman movie yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's the penguins yeah exactly was that underwhelming was that Exactly what you were thinking. Was it funny? Was it what, what was your? What was I had no here? stake or expectation. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, like. I was neither. Maybe I was. Over pl- maybe I was pleasantly surprised at what it looks like. But. I was neither over under. I was strictly whelmed. Yeah, whelmed. I was whelmed. <laughs> uh, now this was this was a moment where I did get some reaction from you guys while we were watching it, and this is when the dragon kills. Oh, Quarren. I. It was rough. It gets it real, like... It's so sudden. Yeah. Yes. Because they're just firing away, which awful, terrible shots to both of them. Granted, yeah. it is dark. It's at night. It's at night. You have these flames and spotlights blasting in your direction, so I get that it's going to be a hard shot, but Bond's literally just got to hit two, the only two lights in the area, and he only gets one. Yep. And Quarren just gets absolutely lit up with the flamethrower and roasted alive and just left there like screaming in agony no one like runs to check or tries to do stop drop and roll or any of that yeah just like no he's dead and uh, we're moving on yeah didn't deserve it no he didn't and it it comes unexpectedly and maybe i wasn't paying enough attention but it seems like he's not even close enough to be in firing range until he is maybe yeah it seems like they got one, like, they just turned the crank a little bit and gave one extra Oh, they really, long, they boosted it, yeah. Because yeah. that one did seem a little bit longer. But I think it also gets the bush that he's hiding behind, mm. and the bush goes up in flames, getting him as well. So it kind of mm. was one of those things where, like, it just extended the flame more so than it would have been when they were just right casually firing it in the air. You guys both seem very surprised by that, which is honestly surprises me, because you both just thought, was just going to get lit up in the beach scene not too long before. Well, I figured if he survived the beach, 
We survived the swamp. Yeah, and I didn't. The flame, I didn't expect to be so powerful. I thought, again, it was more just like a scare tactic or whatever. But the fact that it actually does damage was pretty brutal. But in hindsight, like, I cannot place him inside that lair, like, at all. No. Like, there's just no place for him. Even, like, can you imagine him at that dinner table? Like, what does he have to contribute? No, if anything. <laughs> Nothing. If anything, I think the expectation would be He'd something. He probably commented like, about how big the fish are, you know? <laughs> they get to the door. Would yeah. Be my thought is, like, they get to the entrance and he says, you go get the boat. Like, go meet us on the other side. Like, you're my getaway. That would have been yeah. the move, yeah. He would have came clutch, like, at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he would have come in to save the day as they jump off the rig and they land in his boat. And Or him driving the dragon would be sick. Yeah. yeah. Overcome yes. his fears. Yeah. I know. Fuck. Yeah, because so, like, you, you can't drive the getaway it. boat because then they can't bone in it. That's true. Yeah, you need to remove him from. from yeah, he's got to be driving the dragon. Yeah, unless the dragon's like one of those like duck mobiles that goes into the water, which yeah. is amphibious. It, it did look amphibious. It, it did, did look like it kind of had a boat undercarriage. Yeah. To it. Um, so you didn't need to kill him here, but ultimately uh, he was sacrificed to to get them captured and get them into Doctor No's facility. So this is where we get all of that modern decor, all of that super villain layer stuff. Yeah. We also get a. A nice radiation decontamination shower scene, which I think is another thing that uh, Austin Powers, Austin Powers went through. Yeah, it was very very similar of station to station, even though it was almost like, just as long too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in this one probably could have been shorter, but there was two people involved, whereas his was just him, and it took the exact same amount of time. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the the cushy little apartment. They get drugged by the coffee. They wake up in a different apartment. Get- oh, it's the same apartment, but, like, while they're out, they turn the lights out, and Dr. No comes in with his prosthetic hands and strokes yeah. James Bond's face with his vinyl, creepy hand. Tucks him in a little bit. Yep. A little kiss on the cheek. It's yeah. cute. <laughs> they wake up for dinner, get dressed. What do you at- think of the outfits? <laughs> what is it? Are we appropriate? And then, what does the host say? Oh, one of my favorite lines in the movie. I knew you'd remember, yeah. And it's like, uh, are you dressed suitably or something like that? And he's like, suitable for what? <laughs> so, so he says, are we appropriate? And are she we says, appropriate? Suitable. And he says, suitable for what? Yeah. He's it's, so aggressive. It's so aggressive. And it comes off so funny. It's such a <laughs> funny delivery. Well, because like, she he's, is- had, like, he's had it. Yeah. yeah. But he's the thing so is- hungry. He's so hungry. I do. <laughs> and he asks in such a way that is also very vague, like, are we dressed okay? And she's like, yes, you're suitable. And then when he's like, suitable for what? It's like, well, you didn't ask, like, are we dressed appropriate for the evening? What's going on? Like, you asked one question, she answered that question, and then you got indignant. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't... He's, yeah. She didn't give you more details. Oh, he's hangry. Yeah. Such a yeah. bad guest. They go to Dr. No's private apartment yep. with an enormous... TV that we're meant to believe is a fish tank. I think it is a fish tank. It is a fish tank in the movie. Oh, I thought, but oh like, yeah, yeah. yeah, but no, it's just like a no big. It, it's screen. a giant screen yeah, of like some sort. Twenty feet projector. thick of convex glass, yeah. so that way it magnifies. The, that's why it's magnified. It's a giant CRT TV. Yeah. yeah, and then they sit down to dinner, and Doctor No kind of doesn't explain his master plan really because they already kind of know what it's to. Which we haven't touched on. It's just to disrupt rockets in my, in Cape Canaveral. And, oh yeah, it's and, to it's interrupt the 
this, like, space race. Yeah. And, you know, fuck with the U.S. and their attempts to get a rocket to the moon. Yeah. Which, again, not really that big a deal. No. Considering what is to come later in the franchise of world-ending destruction thing, this one's literally just, we just want to fuck with the Americans. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't want me to work for them. Neither did the Russians. I did like the line of East and West are just points on a compass. Yep. Uh, I thought that was good. What did you guys think of the introduction of Dr. No Proper? We get kind of, we don't get a backstory on his hands, but he just says it's a casualty of whatever. And he talks like a genius madman. How did you guys feel about the actual Dr. No character uh, and the performance? For little screen time that he like really actually had in the movie, like I enjoyed it. I actually really enjoyed the way they framed him. With, like, the candles, and he's at the end of the table, and he's got this stupid fish thing behind him, but it looked cool. And his whole his whole apartment or whatever is just sick. Like, everything about it, he's got this massive fireplace, and the uh, even the dining set is, like, wild. The chairs are very, like, gothic castle, like something out of a castle or something. Mm-hmm. It's very Bond villain. And when you think Bond villain, like, snapshot, like, that's kind of it. Yeah, he's clearly the prototype. In what is the movie that is the prototype for the series. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So it works out that way. Again, it would have been nice to really, like, dig to have more time about his motivations and things like that. And that's what some of these later Bond movies spend more time on. Mm-hmm. Is, like, figuring out, like, not only, obviously, the psyche of, the psyche of uh, Bond and why he's so brooding and damaged, but why these villains are the way they are and this and that. So it's nice to get, like, a glimpse of it here, but um, works for me. Yeah. What about you? That was very thoughtful, everything you just said. My immediate thought was, he's not as hot as he sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did, yeah. You get little hints of his backstory. There's the East and West thing. There's the fact that he is half German, half Chinese. He's sort of not accepted by either aspect. Like, no part of the world wants him. He's ripped off. This um, crime family, the Tong organization. To the tune of $10 million. To the tune of $10 million. I wonder what that would be with inflation. A lot. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> All in gold, too. Mm-hmm. Gold bars. There was another. Oh, Spectre. Yes. This which, is I, a- which is, I guess, a thing in the other movies, given that one of the movies is called Spectre. Spectre. Yeah. Which is uh, an acronym. The, or, and the acronym is bananas. It's like special. Yeah, you like grab um, your your pen pretty quick. Yeah, I was like scribbling down. I don't even think you got all of it. I either. didn't. I couldn't. Special executive for counterintelligence, terrorism, revenge, and extortion. And extortion. I like the revenge and extortion. Re- yeah, revenge and extortion is when my eyes got very wide. Yeah. <laughs> popped out of my skull. Uh. Did we get? I don't know if I caught it myself, but why are his hands like that? He, I, he says it's essentially like this is a consequence of working with radiation. So clearly, he's he's not just a criminal mastermind in that he can rip off this crime family, but he's a scientific madman as well. He he's wants to be in. Like he literally had penguin hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he he melted his. His hands. But he also gained some sort of, like, superhuman strength by being able to crush that, like, statue or yeah. whatever on the... Th- 
So I'm curious what's... Or was it like a crazy prosthetic that's just not explained? That's the thing. It's not explained. But then, I mean... He does do that. He does like grab something that like a normal person would not have crotch with their hand. He takes like a a bookend. He's like... Yeah, it's like one little bookend. Yeah. Yeah. But then later he can't grip a pole. So like I don't... It's not it's not explained enough, and no explanation we've come up with seems like it would make sense in both scenarios, which is weird. True. Uh, inflation, by the way, $10 million in 1962 is basically $90 million today. So, okay. But that's in money, strictly. Gold, I think, would probably be mm. even bigger. So okay. probably upwards of at least $100 million. Okay. Hmm. Huh, He's so- looking more handsome now. <laughs> um, that wallet? Yeah. <laughs> that wallet. Yeah. Oh, he has because he's trying to win Bond over, like join Spectre. Yeah, and Bond declines, and he says, "You're just a stupid policeman." I wrote that yeah. down too. I love that line. Yeah, because it's is, so funny. It just completely yeah, like, strips away the whole Bond. How cool! You're just, just a stupid, stupid policeman. policeman. Yeah. The mystique is gone. It's yeah, a fucking clown. You yeah. stupid policeman. <laughs> You probably thought the dragon was real dingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no different. I do like his little monologues, though. I like the, the cadence of his speech is great. Mm-hmm. It is good. It is very much a it's very swarmy. Very yeah. Like, I'm smarter than you. You know it. I know it. Everything you think that you know, I already know it. Everything you think you're gonna do, I've already thought you were gonna do it. So I'm stopping you. He very clearly picks up on the fact that he took the knife. He's like, I'm not an idiot. Put the knife back. Yeah. Stop. Please don't. Yeah. And it's a running thing in all the Bond movies that, like, the villains are almost always smarter than Bond. Like, no matter what, Bond just seems to outsmart them in, like, a crazy way towards the end. Well, I wonder, too, if that's how smart Bond is, is that he knows that these these are egomaniacs. Like, anybody who would rise to the level of Bond villain in the Bond universe who's got a MacGuffin, got, you know, something that's going to end the world or end technology or bring down a superpower or cripple the world's economy or blow up the moon or literally any of the millions of things that could be a Bond villain plot device. He knows that in the end, they all think they're too smart for their own good. And he just has to let them destroy themselves. Yeah, exactly. And all he has to do is put a banana in their tailpipe at the right moment. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's over. Yeah. Um, So I... It seems like it could be dumb luck, but it also just could be that he's just that good at this whole spy game. Yeah. Which is crazy to think because both could be right. He could just be a dumb cop or he could be the greatest spy ever. And at least this movie so far doesn't really sway me either way. Yeah. Right. Which is crazy to think about. But also But he's still, he's still very cool. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> very cool. So cool. Um, <laughs> so Dr. No gets rid of uh, Honey Rider just takes her away she's not needed for this throws Bond in prison uh, Bond gets out he gets a little shock but then he crawls through hot tubes and gets, gets run wet. over by water gets a, a lot of his clothing ripped off Yep. yeah his sleeves are all tattered he's got yeah. Yeah. Like a, he's never been greasier yeah, he's got a blood spot from when he got roughed up because before he gets thrown in jail, he gets beaten up pretty good, uh, which I love. Doctor No is like, you rough him up a bit. I'm not done with him yet. So yeah. like, don't just let him go. <laughs> don't kill him. Like I still want him for stuff. We don't know yeah. what stuff, but just yeah, punch he's, him up. A bit. Yeah, tenderize him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we get the basically right after this is the climactic scene in the control room. How are you guys feeling about 
what's Bond going to do? How's he going to take down Dr. No? Because nobody's paying attention to anything. No. What, what was it's the, it's the silliest here. set piece in the whole movie. It's just mm-hmm. so... You got, like, five different guys looking at five different, like, racks of, like, information equipment, all color-coded with light indicator lights that are, like, bigger than, like, my headlight of my car. It's yeah. just, it's silly. The signs are silly. That one guy's in those, like, fake sumo suits, essentially, because he's blown up with air. Yeah, that's silly. <laughs> um, the danger readout, I love. Oh, that's good stuff. Not like this is, like, a Geiger counter. Like, we're at 25 danger. <laughs> don't go, it? don't, God, we're in 30 danger. Shit. Uh, like, that shit's at home in Awesome Powers. Like, yeah. You know, like, that, like, just swap it out, you know what I mean? You just use the same shit. Mm-hmm. Bring me to 21 danger. That's the exact right moment. We need 21 danger to take down the rocket from the Americans. Right. I think the fact that, like, what they're doing and their motivations and their plot for what they're trying to do is so silly and uninteresting that, like, by that point, I just want to see some cool shit happen. Yeah. yeah. And then Bond to save the day. Like, I, the other movies have just more interesting things going on where things sort of, like, domino effect and, like, there's actually cool things going on in the tech and stuff, but... Here is just yeah. I felt like there was a while where we were just waiting for him to be in position and them to be like turn up the danger meter. Yeah, think about it this way: we didn't even mention the grand scheme of the villain that we definitely knew through ninety percent of the movie yeah. until the end because it literally does not matter. It doesn't matter yeah. at all. But everything going into it is still exciting and fun to watch, even though the grand scheme of uh, just hopefully, hopefully they don't shoot a rocket somewhere. <laughs> yeah Cause like they're not even going to the moon at this point it's 1962 if anything they're no, orbiting they're just, it just or just like, going mm-hmm. up to space this high caliber pranksters like they just yeah yeah maybe not even high caliber they're just they got a lot of resources yeah. like if you gave the jackass crew 90 million dollars yeah what they would do with it unlimited and like say fuck with nuclear the power <laughs> right, yeah right I need you guys to – I think that's what Jackass 4 is. It's just them pranking countries with the like <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> – They got it. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to – Spectre. Crab yeah, welcome Key. To, welcome to Spectre 3D. <laughs> <laughs> this is called the Crab Key stunt. Yeah. We're going to be dismantling satellites and rockets. <laughs> it's just a bull with spray-painted Spectre on it and just runs them over. <laughs> so silly. Um, speaking of silly, Dr. Knows Death. Let's talk about it. Oh, I like silly. it. I also like the disguise that Bond, like, just like the suit. that We know he's going to get into the suit. Yeah. Looks ridiculous in the suit. Everyone looks ridiculous, but. The hang his head in shame when he gets caught out of position is so funny. Where they're like, all right, where's where's control point X? And they're like, uh, like where is he? And it's like, oh, he's right over there. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, sorry. And just <laughs> dumps his head and slowly walks over. And he's like, faster. And that's when he does his little jog yeah. up to the platform and starts cranking the danger level past 21. Yeah. <laughs> and they have that little fight on like that platform that's just going slowly into this plutonium water, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. This radioactive shit. It's just, it's so silly. And there's like, the stakes are just look so ridiculous. I love the hand grabbing. The, oh, the pole. The pole, the pole and being it. like, I can't, Which makes I can't put my vinyl hand on it. Like well, he, he, he crushed a book a bookend with one hand. You can't, you're telling me he can't, like, penguin flipper that thing and crush it? I, I don't know. Makes no sense. But It doesn't hold up the scrutiny at yeah, all. Yeah, maybe it's electronic and because he was already in the water, it got wet. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Or maybe he, the battery. 
he was in the water, so therefore the radioactivity was messing with his brain, or like he was melting or something. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. The explosion does him in, regardless. It's just it does him in. Yeah. Wholly yeah. underwhelming. Also, another thing that I could not stop thinking about during this scene was. I'm pretty sure you've seen Chernobyl. I don't know if you watched it. It's like everyone in this room is dead already. (laughs) They're dead and they're going to be dead in 36 to 72 hours in a very painful way. Yeah. I mean, even. But then they just leave the island and it's fine. I mean, even when they get like like, washed down or whatever during that whole thing, it's like there's just shit everywhere. Yeah. Goodbye. But yeah, obviously can't read into that either. No. You're going to have a really hard time with the whole movie. Well, most of it. Some of it. Yeah. Yeah. So then Bond escapes. His doctor knows dead. He then runs down all kinds of people running because everyone's running amok. He yeah. runs down <laughs> one guy, completely runs him over, picks him up and says, where's that girl I came with? The guy's like, I don't know. So Bond just punches him in the face. Oh, yeah. That was good. <laughs> it's like, well, you're no good to me. I'm knocking you out, effectively killing you yeah. in the next 30 seconds. Then he finds the secretary. And it's like, where is she? And it's like, I don't know, probably over there, room 12 or whatever. Show me. Yeah. And so he just drags her, again, to her doom. Because mm-hmm. she's got her bag. She's ready to leave. And Honey Rider's just, again, shackled to a, a slight incline where the tide is up to her shins at this point. Meaning mm-hmm. she'll clearly be dead in six to eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> they get So he rescues her very easily, too. Just like, I think it was just a pin in the... In the cufflinks. It was open the entire time, so you just didn't know it. Yeah. yeah. No key required. Just literally pull the pin out. Uh, saves her. They get in the boat. Big explosion. They realize they're out of gas. And we get another great bond line of, well, what are we going to do? It's like, well, we could paddle or come here. <laughs> Drags her down and they fuck in the boat and are saved by the British Marines or... American soldiers and Mr. CIA guy and yeah. they yeah. get towed ashore and they don't like, get to shore. They decide they want to fuck again and they let the yeah, rope they probably go. get yeah, they probably fuck again in the boat. And that's it. That's it. Credits roll. The end. Yeah. So how are you guys feeling now after having talked about it some more? Still the same? Yeah, it's a great uh launching off point for what I would like to do is watch the other movies for okay. sure. Yeah. Bridget, how are you feeling about it? Are you ready for sequels? Do you want to see more from this universe? I could see some more. Okay. I could see some more. Do you think- I would like to do, I think it would be fun to do, you know, we've done do a- Sean Connery. I think it would be good to do another, but then do one from each. Do the first of each. Bond. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be fun, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's good stuff. It's a good jumping off point. I was really sad when I couldn't watch the next one the following <laughs> week. Uh, and then just it fell by the wayside for me after that. Even though I enjoyed this and still enjoyed it, it was good to see a second time. I think I'll probably pay attention to more. Like, I'll remember more of it now that it's seeing it a second time through. But it's just fun. I love all the all the punching. is so outrageous. And whenever, whenever anyone gets shot, they, like, throw themselves to the ground. When Dent gets shot, he immediately just, like, throws his entire body off that trunk to the ground. Which, I guess, goes to the stopping power of the Walter PPK. It's very... Very powerful very handgun. Powerful gun, yeah. But the punching, it's all very like West Side story fighting, which is great. Yeah. It's a lot of like rearing back and then throwing a punch. They're very, a lot, lot of Westerns do a lot of that sort of Yeah. And so it's just kind of like, it's that fun, nostalgic old movie fighting, which is fun, but done in a 
technically more modern than the old Western way in a spy genre rather than a Western or something else. And it makes it all the better with that kick-ass theme. Yeah. When that just kicks in, it's just like pure business at that point. Yeah. And it's such a good setting, too. If you like that mod style, if you Mm -hmm. like seeing it lived in, not like staged, but although it is staged, this is not real events, but it feels like this is actually how people dress that feels like this was a world that existed at one point. Mm-hmm. Lots of beehives, bright pink lipstick, yeah. coffee tables that are shaped like kidney beans, <laughs> faux stone walls, shag carpet on top of regular carpet. Wool suits. Wool suits. In uh, Jamaica, no less. Seville yeah. Row. Yes. It's a feast for the eyes. Yeah. Both in the clothes and in the people. And everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Just. It's eye candy in all aspects. It really all is. All you can you, eat buffet. Yeah. But there's still substance to it. Like, as much as you look at the blockbusters now, like especially the Marvel movies, and it's so much spectacle and eye candy and colorful shooting lasers and all these different things. And, you know, some people will say, but there's nothing behind that. Like here, yeah, the plot was, you know, the, the overarching bad guy plot wasn't necessarily anything to write home about but everything that you saw in addition to looking amazing was also just fun like Mm -hmm. it was just fun good you followed everything the the clues that bond puts together make sense it's like oh okay it's radioactive rocks he's powered by radiation he got the rocks uh, looked at by the geologist who just lied to me so i like the way he pieces it all together like it all makes sense yeah, some of the things fall apart on scrutiny, but that's more the yeah. action part of it rather than the unraveling of the plot right. part of it. So no, it's 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 shot very well. It's warm. It's spirited. It it has a good tone to it. Unlike like what you're saying, like the the action movies of today are cold and calculated and mean spirited a lot of the times, and the action is just. You cannot follow it for for shit, or it's just completely made inside of a computer. So it's just nice to see something that looks so tangible and real, and mm-hmm. like yeah. what you said, lived in. And I guess it really goes on your preference too. Like I enjoy looking at that old shit. I don't know what it is. It's like looking through an old, I don't know, like an old uh, mail order calendar. I don't know what. Yeah, that is. like it's a, just, a Sears like, catalog. like a Sears catalog or some shit like that. If I had one of those from, like, 1965, I would keep it, like, on, like, the top of my toilet. I would look at it all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would... It's just, like, cool no, shit. So, like, it a, is. a book of crossword puzzles. It is, yeah. Life magazine from 1965. Right, yes. <laughs> I should probably be Life magazines. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that this, a lot of the movies say they don't have the soul of, like, movies like this. And, the, and, and Bond, these Bond movies don't really have, don't try a lot. They just earn it. Very easily, somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's effortless. Like, Bob, it is. of women. It is correct, yeah. effortless. Yeah. It just, it puts it out there, and it works, and you immediately sucked in, and you love every second of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's a weird thing, that, like, the movie is as suave as James Bond. Yeah, yeah, it is. Cool. Well, any other final thoughts? Any other favorite moments that you guys want to get out there before we wrap things up? I, uh, I'm excited to see some other ones. I think Sean Connery absolutely killed it as Bond. And I hope he uh, does just as well. The other ones... Did he jump onto the pedestal or is it still too early to tell in terms of... Because you've now seen 
Craig movies, you've seen Brosnan movies, and you've now seen... So the only thing that I'm waiting to see is, because I didn't really get to see it in this, is stunts with okay. him. So again, we got a couple of punches here and there. He does like a, a big flip to a guy Yeah, a he, I mean, he helps a stunt guy flip. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think what Pierce Brosnan, and particularly Daniel Craig, offered that I didn't see here was a lot more physicality in okay. the action scene. So I want to see... With a bigger budget going in uh, to these these other movies that Sean Connery does, what he's sort of capable of physically. Because how old is he in this? Because he looks... He's going to end up being 22 because everybody smoked and tanned and, yeah. you know... There's no way he's 22 No, I think he's going to be early 30s, though. Uh, let's see. He does look like mid to early 30, like early All right, to so this is 1962 and he's born in... 19- so he's 32. 31 okay. to 32. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But that would have been funny if he's like, he's 24. <laughs> no, right, Well, that's right. like, when you look at, the person I always think of with this is Jim Croce, who like, if you look at, like, picture Jim Croce in your mind. Oh, yeah, he looks and, like, like he's 40 or whatever. Yeah, but he like died when he was 27. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just has like an insane mustache. It looks like he's been festering for just like yeah. years. But no, I wouldn't want a... Uh, a 20s Bond anyway. That's not what Bond is. A Bond is like a lived-in, grizzled yeah. type of guy who mm-hmm. can wear a killer suit, experienced. Yeah, because you don't just make it to being a double O. Like, you have to be in the army. You have to then be in the FBI. It's like, you have to work your way up. You right, don't just right, right. start. You're not recruited out of, like, you know, whatever. It's like, hey, we saw your SAT scores. You're a Bond now. Like, no, it's not how this works. No, right. And God forbid if we ever do get some sort of origin story with something, because I know now... The, the pedestal is available at this point, I yeah. think, that Daniel Craig is saying goodbye to the uh, the franchise. Yeah. That it'd be interesting who they end up picking for the next one. I mean, you could get somebody and they're in the military and they're 27 and they've been doing it for, you know, nine, ten years at that point. Get them in there and his first – you could do a first mission with MI6 style movie. But you couldn't go any younger than yeah. Like, I think if they do it right, I think I will not unfortunately. But I think like something like the Kingsman is already kind of doing that. Yeah, yeah, where they're just like they're showing the origin of this kid joining this elite sort of spy group. Yeah, and leave I guess, that for those kinds of goofier, more over the top franchises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where this, like you said, feels like a lived in universe. Of, right, right. Other than some of the gadgetry, but again, it's not crazy. It's not too crazy. It's somewhat believable. Right. I mean, pretty much every Bond movie, you're looking at it and you're like, this is not this guy's first rodeo. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. So, yeah. Really enjoyed this one. Can't wait to see the other ones. What about you, Adam? You, uh... Oh, yeah. I was down. Right, cool. I was down when I first saw this movie. Okay. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> the other ones. Um, so, I'm on board for however we want to watch the cool. next thing or or what have you. Bridget, any final thoughts? Do you still A raise for money, Penny, please. Okay, yeah. A raise for money. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine. I'll watch it. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine. I'll watch it every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of Sean Connery's Bond, the Bond movies in general. Do you have a favorite Bond, a favorite Bond movie? No spoilers, though. We're still going to watch them. Uh, And then ultimately, what did you think of Dr. No? Uh, where does it fall in the list of Connery movies for you? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening.